Does the law really work the way TV and movies depict? Let's discuss with Christine and Christine. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is our podcast, episode 17. And this is our podcast of law and pop culture. And I am Christine Mattis. And my co-host is Christine Karen Zahagurski. We are so happy to be here. How are you doing, Chris? Good, good. It's a very dreary day outside. Today's Thursday, and it's like, oh, I no, it's not Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Chris. Dreary. But it's looking very dreary out. And that's not always fun. But I have this beautiful view of like Tom's River, and it's just gorgeous, regardless of how cloudy it is. So, but that's nice view. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, it's a slow start to spring and whatnot for the warmer weather. It really isn't. It was, we had a very warm uh, weekend, but then now it's just back to the coolness, which actually I, I don't mind. I really I, don't, I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone, as I stated before, my hair is not agreeable <laughs> to humidity. So this is perfect. <laughs> and this I'm past weekend was horrible, wasn't it? It was like, what the, what's heavy. going on? It turned it 90 <laughs> the other day. I was like, <gasps> I'm awesome. I'm in the matter of 12 hours when the temperature went down oh wow all of a sudden it just like the hair just flattened up (laughs) i hear you oh goodness oh well i'm so happy to be here so everybody as you know this is our podcast where we talk about things that we read in the news movies we've seen or things that we've read about and we ask that question, does that really happen, especially when it's in the realm of estate planning and guardianship? So we're here today. We're going to talk about something fun. Uh, another movie that, again, I have not heard about. You know, I'm always, uh, I'm always surprised when Mariana, our, uh, our trusty marketing assistant, helps us put together these ideas. And she finds movies that I'm telling you. I'm like, oh, I would never have known about this. So I, it's fun. It's fun to learn about this. Exactly. Exactly. She, she's, she's picked some really good stories for us. And it's all on point. You know, it all talks about the things that we deal with every day. And more often than not, I find myself like sometimes referencing back to some of these, you know, these um, stories that we um, that we talk about during the podcast and say, yeah, in this movie, this is what happened. It's very yeah. similar to what you're going through. So, so very often, exactly. I use, them as I know. I use for these what ideas. Mm-hmm. It's true. I like to use what I've seen or read and what we've talked about the podcast and say, hey, you know what? This is really what's happening in your situation. So, yeah, I know. And so, I think that's handy. And hopefully, that's what everyone's finding it useful to relate to. Um, you know, when we talk about what's going on in the movies and then seeing how it can be applied into real life. Mm. So anyway, so take it away, Chris. So next okay. one is uh, an interesting movie, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah interesting movie. The, the title of the movie is Greedy and from 1993. Um, important guy here is Kirk Douglas, you know, famous guy. And then of course, Michael J. Fox is here. Gosh, in his very much younger days. I remember having such a crush on him. But anyhow, it's a um, big crew. That's a yeah, there's a yeah. lot of people, definitely. And I guess some people were pretty, um, pretty young at this in this movie. But of course, 
yeah, now they're like old and curmudgeon But anyway, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the movie really quick. So it's about an extremely wealthy and crafty old man, Kirk Douglas, um, where he toys with his greedy nieces and nephews um, while they're kind of waiting for him to, you know, pass away. They're like making sure that they're part of the will, they're part of the inheritance. And, you know, the plot thickens here because he takes in a young mistress and here are the nieces and nephews flipping out because they're like, oh, all of a sudden she's going to get everything, right? Um, so in response to this one woman kind of getting into Kirk Douglas's life, you know, his name is, um, I forget, uh, McTeague, Jack McTeague. Uh, they locate uh, the much-loved yes. nephew, Michael Joe, Joe McTeague. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, Joe, I'm sorry, Joe, yes. Um, and he walks, you know, he, he wants to... You know, he really wanted to step away from this whole thing and really kind of, you know, not really be part of it. But in the end, you know, everybody kind of got what they deserved <laughs> to a degree, right? But basically what happened here is if you've got nieces and, you know, this really brings the whole issue up of, well, you know, why do these nieces and nephews even feel like they deserve anything, right? Well, here in New Jersey, if you don't have a will, for example, and you don't have a spouse, you don't have any children, you know, the property has to go to somebody in the family. And eventually, if there are no other, you know, family members, it does go to nieces and nephews, they do have the right to receive from you as long as everybody else is, you know, no, no one's there. And they all receive an equal share. So if you have 17 nieces and nephews, that's who they're going to get everything equally. But if you have a will, you can definitely dedicate it a little bit more to this loving niece or that loving nephew. And I think that's what happened here. They're all trying to get into their uncle's good graces. So that was really the interest that I find it so interesting in this movie, because I can't even tell you how many times I've had nieces and nephews say, well, you know, my uncle's being persuaded by this new wife and she may have left everything to me. And um, I, I don't know that they, I don't I don't think that they're doing this the right way. I think she's just marrying him for the money happens all the time. Right, Chris? And it's so hard, you know, yeah, it, because. You know, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew, you know, and. I'd like it's great subject matter for a movie. It mm-hmm. creates drama and then here's some comedy. But in the big picture, yeah, this does happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had it in, you know, helping clients in my career. I've seen it a couple of times where, you know, it's some it's a major concern for family members, especially when the loved one is in a vulnerable state mm-hmm. and they are, you know they start to feel, have feelings for the person who's caring with them day in and day out. Uh, And, you know, they could be genuine feelings. I get that. I've seen that, but I've also seen the opposite where they're manipulated. And that's a hard, that's very hard for family to see. And um, it causes a lot of problems, you know, so I don't blame family, especially in this movie, you know, because of this where people get suspicious of Mm -hmm. ulterior motives of like, well, why, what's happening here? And they're trying to do now, what can we do to protect our inheritance, you know, and that's, yes. that's really, and, but this can happen. I'm, I'm telling you, I wish I could tell you that this total fiction, no, it, it does happen. <laughs> it happens more often than you think. And, you know, and this all, you know, this happens mostly, you know, and I like to say in this particular situation where you, like I said, you have the nieces and nephews because many of them are so sometimes are far removed from their aunts and uncles and they don't really know what's going on with them day to day. 
And, you know, in yeah. this particular situation where there's a young, chippy, hot looking mama <laughs> who yes. wants to get into the good graces yes. of the older gentleman, happens all the time, right? Um, exactly. You know, spouses in New Jersey and, and really in any, any state, you know, they have a lot of rights. So the kids, the, the nieces and nephews know here that, you know, they could very well be completely written out of the will once a new person comes into the life of their uncle and as a spouse, especially. Um, yeah. And, you know, and then you, got, you, you also talk about those concerns about, you know, undue influence. You know, was there, was she really doing that or did she really love him? Or did, were the nieces and nephews really doing it for the best interest of the uncle or were they doing it for their own pocket? It becomes so challenging, but it's real people. So yeah, that's why it's so all, important <laughs> to have that will. And it, yeah, it's all based on facts, right? So just because your loved one fell in love with the caretaker doesn't always say it's bad and it's wrong. It's not always like that, but yes. there's a lot to prove to show that, you know, what was done to push the family out, what was done for ulterior motives. And, you know, it's very fact sensitive. I mean, I really wish there was an actual formula that we could say, oh, when A plus B happens, it's always going to be C. We right. don't know, you know, and, uh, and it's really coming down to what we can paint the picture, what what the pieces say, you know, because mm -hmm. just because they're a caregiver and they fell in love with that person doesn't mean all wrong, you know, it, right. it really, you really have to put together a picture here. So, uh, but, you know, families, yeah, they, they're, they're right to keep an eye on that, to be quite honest. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But anyhow, but this brings us to a very yeah. so I interesting guess real life topic, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that brings us to a question. So what can we do to protect our loved one in this mm -hmm. situation? Well, I mean, some of the basics, right? Keeping communications, be involved in your loved one's life, you know, mm -hmm. because I think, you know, they're in a vulnerable state, they're feeling bad, and they're feeling no one pays attention to them. And now here's this one person who is paying attention to them, whether it's real or not, they like it. Everyone likes to be cared for and everyone likes to be. So I think number one, keep in contact with that, your loved one um, and, and, you know, keep an eye on the situation. Uh, you really do have to take a look at, because maybe it is genuine and they, that's great. They found yeah. love. You know, exactly. If not, then, you know, then there's maybe things you need to do to step in. Right. I mean, right. that's one solution, Chris. That's the simplest to me. Absolutely. And, and here's, here's a place where also we can talk about trust, right, Chris? Um, you know, a trust is, yep. you know, yep. a, you know, a legal entity, or like, like we like to say, it's a box, right, where you put your assets into, yep. and you set it up so that you know, you have in there who the beneficiaries of those assets are. Um, and that's a way of making sure that you just like a will, but without having to worry about putting the will through probate and possibly being contested. Trusts are a lot harder to contest. So if you're, you know, kind of getting along in your, you know, getting a little bit older in your life and, you know, there's a possibility that you're going, you know, that somebody might be taking advantage of you down the road. You know, you want to make sure that your assets are protected. You, you're, it's being managed by the people that you trust whether or not there's somebody new in your life that's still being managed by the people you trust. And, you know, there's almost like a fail safe in these trusts. 
somebody's going to step up if they become incapacitated. So that's another, you know, estate planning tool that people should consider more of. And that's something we, we love to do here. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a trust would be a useful tool. It's not the perfect solution and it's not for everyone, but it's a great tool if you're afraid of these kind of situations where there might be a contest where you also are looking for uh, property that you want to protect, you know, especially if we have blended families, you know, and you're concerned that your spouse might remarry if you die and what will happen to the kids. Trusts are a great tool to make sure you earmark certain assets to go just for the kids and it can't be touched, you know. So it, they're, I think they're just great tools. A lot of times people have a negative connotation with trust thinking I've lost control or you know you don't want that but there's so many different kinds that's the one thing I always want to express to everyone there isn't that one that you read about in the on on that google professor google (laughs) um you know there there's so many different kinds and Mm -hmm. it really is important that you sit with a professional so they can educate you to go over what's your circumstance, what are the things you're worried about, and maybe a trust could help. Yeah. I mean, in this situation, I think it would have been very, 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 very useful. So yeah, yeah. so Absolutely. yeah, trust, yeah. I think it's a good thing. But that was a fun movie. It was fun. <laughs> Greedy. So anyone, if you haven't Greedy. heard of it, has a great cast. Greedy, 1983, was it, Chris? 93. 93. 93. A little bit later. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, 30 years 93. ago. All right. <laughs> It's still oh, wow. a while good. I still didn't hear it. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. So that's promoting old movies. Greedy. Yes. All right. So now that brings us to what I always like this segment where we do see things in the news and with celebrities and things that they're going through and that, you know, you know, how could have it been avoided? Or, you know, is that something is this an anomaly or is this a common problem? So we want to go focus on the blues musician BB King. And I'm so excited about this because I love jazz. I love blues. So to talk about this individual really Again, another icon in the world of blues. Um, I saw just the other night an old episode of um, Sanford and Son, such an old mm-hmm. episode. And it was the episode where B.B. King shows up in a concert oh. and he looked good. His voice was strong. He had his guitar, Lucille. It, it was nice to see. And that was probably an episode back in the, I'm going to say maybe wow. 90, probably in the 80s, in the 70s, 80s probably. 70s or 80s. 70s or 80s. But yeah, I still love his music. So over his career, he fathered 15 children. Although there were some questions about his ability to have any biological children, um, he took them all in and and took care of them emotionally and financially. Uh, He passed in 2015, and that's when things turned nasty, unfortunately. Riley B. King, that was his full name and known as the blues musician B.B. King, died May 14, so almost on the nose um, um, in 2015, and left behind a contentious estate battle between his children and the manager. B.B. King acknowledged 15 children from 15 different women in his life. 11 of the children survived him. King's Authorized biographer Charles Sawyer wrote in his book, The Arrival of B.B. 2015, Sawyer said the Guardian that he had given King the option to remove the reference 
Uh, and he declined. They were saying, you don't have to talk about these kids if you don't want to in your book. And he goes, nope, I, I want to. So he claimed the 15 kids of his own and he never disputed paternity. By all accounts, King loved each of his kings dearly while alive, generously offered financial help. I mean, he was a father figure. He really stepped in and did a lot. And that's, that's a lot to be admired, I have to say. He paid for college tuition and he would visit them when they had problems. Some of them were in prison. Um, he set up trust funds for them. So he was thinking ahead, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yet the executor of B.B. King's estate and the trustee of his trust um, who were not any of his children, it was his business manager, um, Laverne Tony. They consistently, they were always on his side for 40 years, but since his death and even before that time, the extended family have always been fighting against the trustee. One of the daughter, Patty King, claimed in an interview that the father did well by his children, and when he died, she led the charge against the father's business manager, Laverne Tony. Five of the 11 surviving children made claims of serious wronggoing to the manager. So, you know, again, when you are in this position of authority and you're taking full responsibility of taking, making decisions of someone, whether you're a trustee or a power of attorney, you have to be always thinking, if someone scrutinizes me, I have things to prove that I'm doing the right thing. I have a paper trail. I, I'm, you know, making clean decisions. Nothing that could be considered, um, you know, um, negligent or that I'm abusing my authority. So the first thing the children accused Tony um, of was mismanagement, and they said poisoning their father. They did file a lawsuit, and it was dismissed by the court. And they accused the manager of not honoring B.B. King's wishes about not giving the money outright. And again, he had created trusts with requirements in them. So they were looking for the money to be held in their names straight away. They also disputed the value of the estate. Um, the, man, the trustee said it was anywhere between five and seven million. The kids say it's closer to 300 million. A little bit of a gap. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of a gap there. I don't know. A little bit of a gap. Three other people since B.B. King's death claimed to be B.B. King's children. Now they come out of the woodwork, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And in 2007, King had set up a trust for his family members that was designated to take generous care of them before he died. So, you know, he really was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I like that, the, you know, when they took him to court the first time, it was thrown out because that's that's the perfect example of how a trust can work. It's very, very hard to bust the trust, as I always say. It's very mm -hmm. hard to do that. He gave control of his finances and medical care again to the trustee, which was Laverne. Mm -hmm. And that person eventually became the trustee. Um, King's children and the heirs did not know in 2014 that he changed the trust. And he left anywhere between three and 5,000 with the rest of his assets going to future college and education to the family. I mean, they really didn't like that change. They wanted their full share. Don't pay for things for me. I want the cash. Miss um, Tony's attorneys claim that the children's allegations, of course, are false. And the investigators from the Las Vegas police and the City of Aging and Disability Service found no evidence of abuse. They found that the trustee was doing the right thing um, and that, you know, he was being taken care of. So these accusations were harsh. And as in anything, lawsuits, um, ill will conflict, it does split a family. Yeah. And it was so toxic uh, that, you know, things would spill over to the tabloids. 
Um, several children have pursued more lawsuits uh, regarding the music estate, and that's still going on. So it's a shame. You know, in the big picture, he did the right thing. Um, I am curious what happened. What was the change, you know, from giving them probably generous um, inheritance to those little amounts? Things must have happened. I don't know, you know, and you would hope that was more explanation. I don't know. You know, I just think, you know, they did the right thing by doing the trust. Um, and I think right now, I think they have a, a long, hard job to overcome some of the terms. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if I were counseling him, I really would try to have more supportive documents to explain what the change were. You know, mm-hmm. we've had that with clients, Chris, when they want to, the kids weren't disinherited, but I guess financially they felt they were disinherited. And I've encouraged clients, if we choose to go down that road where we're disinheriting or perhaps changing terms drastically, um, a, a letter of instruction or an associated letter to go with documents could go a long way. It, mm-hmm. it is hurtful, you know, because there's no one to argue with except papers. You know, they can't yeah. go back to the king and say, why? They don't know why. And that's hard. That's and, even, hard for and even with that, Chris, I feel like they'll say, well, that was fabricated anyway, because yeah, it's people true. will feel an entitlement issue here. You know, this is really unfortunate, but, you know, when your father or mother pass away, the anticipation is that you'll be receiving something from their estate, but not with these kind of restrictions. And, and many people aren't aware of what these type of, what trusts are supposed to be for, why they're, why they're good. And, you know, and it's, you know, you need that legal representation to help you understand what these are for. And especially considering some of the children may have been in prison at some point. Maybe there are fines against that child. Maybe it is a good idea to put whatever assets you have that you want to pass on to them in trust. So that way it doesn't have to go for all those outstanding fines, you know, just because you become a beneficiary of a trust. There's so many reasons. Right. And, and in this particular yeah, there case... Are. Yeah, there, there are other things that could have been done, though, right, Chris? I mean, what could have, you know, one of the yeah. things that um, I, I guess the good question would be, what could he have done differently? I mean, he's established these trusts, you know, um, to prevent this kind of issue. Um, was it a good idea for him to name his manager as executor, as trustee? And if he was managing assets during his lifetime, I'm assuming he was, you know, she was also the power of attorney. You know, so I mean, with this kind of assets, would it have been a good idea to kind of separate the different fiduciary responsibilities to different people so that there's a little bit more accountability, especially when you're saying, oh, his ass, all he had when he passed away was five to seven million. Well, the kids think it's 300 million. Why? Where did they come up with that? But if you had a power of attorney during your lifetime, manage your assets while you're alive and then a different person managing after your death wouldn't there be some kind of hey what what happened with the accounting where i need some accounting what happened during the lifetime and let's be accountable right um i don't know that's something that i've been really thinking about lately to you know advise people yeah and i think you know when it's one person doing everything i get it you trust that person you like that person but I would think that he would have known that these 
how the kids' personalities were. And maybe when you have another person, it's harder to accuse now what a whole team of people were trying to scam us, you know, that it was a big conspiracy. When it's one person, they're an easy target, unfortunately. But when now you have another person, a co-trustee, maybe an overseer, a trust protector to oversee everything, then at least there's backups to say, no, you know what? I looked at it, everything looks good. It's hard to argue that all these people were in it and all these people are in it together and they really were trying to fool all of you. That's, that's a hard argument. So I agree with you, Chris. I think perhaps knowing, you know, you really have to read your client, read the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's always, their, it's always their choice. But, you know, if you educate them and give as much as like, listen, this is how I see things right now from my 10,000 foot view, mm-hmm. I see that, you know, the they're not all, you know, they're, they're not going to sit tightly with this. I think there's going to be a problem. Let's, mm-hmm. let's also assign an overseer. Let's also, you know, um, you know, maybe get things appraised before, you know, maybe at least get a fair market value appraisal of things before, you know, he had passed, you know, um, I don't know how you do that with music, quite frankly, but if it was <laughs> artwork, it was properties, yeah. you're having these going numbers yeah. so that people aren't shooting like, it's a hundred, $300,000. Like, oh, <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> it's eight, seven. Uh, like, we're not even exactly. digits. How did that happen? <laughs> um, but yeah, but anyway, it was, I thought that was interesting too. I thought that's good. So again, another fun episode. So we hope yeah. everyone learned something new and maybe hear things that would trigger that, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. And if so, you really should get in contact with uh, an attorney who does a lot of this. You know, we help a lot of clients, especially in New Jersey, New York, looking at this. So, you know, it's uh, it's very, very, very interesting. But again, if you have news stories, if you have movies that you've seen and you want us to take a look at it, send it in. We're so happy to <laughs> chat with everyone and take a look and we can feature it. But then again, thanks. So Chris, thank you so much. That was fun. I know that was Chris, Chris and Chris. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks, Bye. everyone. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. For more Go to MattisLaw.com.